What's up, Penn Nation? Aloha, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Pleasure to be back with you yet again. My apologies for the delay on this episode. Had a bit of a busy weekend, but nonetheless, we are here. We've got four awesome guests tonight and a show that I know you guys are all going to enjoy. Before we discuss tonight's lineup, when it comes to mixed martial arts news, you guys know what's up. BJPenn.com, we have got you covered. Make sure you bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Everything breaking, tons of exclusive content, the viral videos, the technique videos, one-stop shopping, all under one roof. Make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Instagram. Stay up to date on the sport you love. Set up notifications and alerts. Get the news as it breaks. We are the fighter's voice and the voice of you guys, the fans. We greatly appreciate all the love and support, Penn Nation. Please keep it up. And as always, we'll continue to bring you guys the most reliable and credible information, as we always do. Now, as for tonight's guest list, we're going to kick things off with one of the biggest winners from UFC 225 a couple of weeks ago, a man that many consider next in line for a shot at the heavyweight strap, coming off of a huge third-round finish over Alistair Overeem, Curtis Razor Blades. We're going to recap the win with him, discuss what's next, get his thoughts on his performance, a whole lot more. Good conversation with Curtis, and we appreciate him taking the time while he's trying to enjoy a little R&R after all of his hard work. Our second guest, an up-and-coming light heavyweight in the UFC, Devin Clark, a very talented, grinding wrestler, looking to climb the ranks, stake his claim as the best in the division. We're going to get his thoughts on We're going to get his thoughts on his competition and the landscape at 205. We'll discuss a recent call-out from Devin directed toward Anthony Smith following Anthony's win over Rashad Evans. Devin would like to fight Anthony at the Nebraska card coming up in August. Uh, It's very close to his hometown. Obviously, Anthony had said post-fight that he would like to fight in Lincoln, Nebraska. So Devin has called him out. No developments thus far, but we're going to talk to him about the matchup. Who else makes sense for him at this point? Progressing up the ranks, his thoughts on the title picture, and a whole lot more. Great conversation with Devin. Then, after Devin, we'll be joined by former Bellator lightweight champ, a man widely regarded as one of the best lightweights in the business today. He's joined the PFL. He'll be making his debut this Thursday in Chicago at PFL 2, American Top Team's own Ill Will Brooks. Will has a new addition to the family, a second child, a brand new baby boy, so we greatly appreciate him taking the time to speak with us while on daddy duty, trying to fill bottles and and feed his kid. But we're going to preview this matchup he has on Thursday against Luis Firmino. We'll talk about all of this exciting stuff that's going on with the Professional Fighters League. You've heard me talk about it on the show many times, the potential to revolutionize the sport here, the awesome format, the point system the tournament itself, the cash prize at the end. A whole lot to discuss with Will, his resurgence in mixed martial arts, finding that hunger to compete again. A great conversation with him. First time having him on the show, and uh, I certainly enjoyed it. I hope you do as well. And then closing out this episode, we're joined by tough alumni, UFC veteran, a man who has also joined the Professional Fighters League roster to compete in the lightweight tournament. Humanitarian and coach by day, ass kicker by night. Ramsey Nijem. Ramsey's also set to make his PFL debut this Thursday in Chicago. 
He'll be taking on Brian Foster. We're going to discuss the matchup. And much like we do with Will Brooks, we're going to discuss the awesome undertaking, which is the Professional Fighters League. Again, the point system, the cash prize, all of the exciting stuff that really could change the game here. We're going to cover it all. We're also going to discuss... We'll also discuss the same thing with Ramsey in regards to reigniting the flame for competition, starting a new chapter in a new organization. Of course, we'll talk about his humanitarian work as well. Another first-timer for BJPenn.com radio, and I really enjoyed that conversation as well. So there you have it, folks. This is BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice, episode 85. Let's waste no time. We'll kick things off with Curtis Razor Blades. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the number four ranked heavyweight in the UFC and a man coming off an incredibly dominant win over Alistair Overeem at UFC 225 in Chicago over the weekend, the man himself, Curtis Razor Blades. Thanks for joining us today, Curtis. Where are you calling us from today, man? Um, I'm actually at one of my buddy's houses. I'm in a, a, a loop area downtown Chicago. Cool, cool. So are you taking some time off, or are you going to be headed back to Colorado soon to get back in the gym? No, I'm going to leave um, this weekend, but I'm not going to be back in the gym immediately. Uh, I'm going to let my body give it a break for like the next two weeks. Oh, that's definitely a smart move. And uh, listen, man, I mean, after a performance like that, you definitely deserve a little time off, right? I think so. I would agree. I would agree. So this win against Overeem was very impressive, my friend. Uh, The wrestling was on point as always. You took some of his best shots, and then you you managed to finish the fight with some highlight reel elbows. I know you're happy with the performance, but tell us about the execution of your game plan. I mean, the game plan is always the same. You just want boxing to uh, pull out a reaction. That'll give me a, a good opportunity to get the takedown. That's all I'm doing. I'm just I just want his hands to move a little bit. Now look for the takedown. Now Overeem is no slouch in the grappling department, uh, but you were able to control him completely on the ground. Did you expect him to maybe be a bit more aggressive off of his back with uh, some submission attempts? Trying to get his hips open, but I'm pretty heavy. Uh, in my in my legs also. So I was able to counter all his uh, movements. Now was was he was there anything he did in there that surprised you at all? Uh, the hill hooks. I, I mean, we we had discussed it, but we really didn't discuss it enough. I don't think. Now, do you think he was using those heel hooks to maybe get back up, or was he actually looking for those as a submission attempt, in your opinion? I think he was actually looking to, to rip, off, rip off my ankle, I think. Right. Right, and that's a <clears throat> that's a dangerous game if you're not prepared for it, right? So you're saying that maybe leading up to the fight, you know, in retrospect, it's always 20-20, but you could have prepared a little better for, for the leg lock attempts. I knew, I knew, um, I knew to attack 
shaking hands, and, and I was able to scramble my my way out of the dangerous spots and main t- t- came out of this. Yeah, I, I know. I think like one of them looked kind of close. I, I want to say it was the end of the first or second round. Yeah. But but in your opinion, was, was any of them really that close? Were you really in any danger at any point? Well, the one at the end of the first round, he kind of kind of got a good uh, and he ripped it a little bit and it popped a little bit. But I had adrenaline going, so it didn't really affect me until after the fight, like hours after. So, so there was some damage done there. Yeah, probably Completely torn, or have you seen a doctor yet to confirm that, or? Okay. Now, like I said earlier, man, you you were able to hang with him on the feet. Uh, I know the last time we spoke that I, I had asked you about, uh, you know, working with Dwayne Ludwig and how that would benefit you preparing for an elite-level striker like Overeem. It was pretty obvious that you were very comfortable in there. Yeah, my, um, I got the majority of that from my uh, footwork I gained from my, my striking coach, uh, Vinny Lopez. He put in a lot of uh, pad work hours and definitely... Off. For sure, man, for sure. Uh, those elbows were deadly, man. Your nickname is Razor, and, and, and you certainly sliced them up like one. I feel like that should be your signature move now. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it might be. <laughs> also, man, you know, going for the finish that late in the fight, it, it, it speaks volumes to your conditioning, and I know that's something that your team prides themselves on. I'd imagine you f- you feel like you expect to have that advantage over anyone at heavyweight. I mean, the way the way we position is very smart, and uh, the numbers of it all have. I don't. I can't remember the last time I watched one of my teammates have a condition issue in a fight. I can't remember. It just it, it can't happen. Right, right. Now, as I said earlier, you you were able to take some of his best shots. You've taken some of the best shots from Nganu, Mark Hunt, now Overeem. Not many guys can say that, man. Uh, talk to us about your du- durability, and uh, that's clearly a big advantage that you have in a division where any strike can end the fight. Uh, I think it's just the big, man. Uh, it's not anything I really... You can't practice yeah no absolutely man i agree with you that you you can't you can't practice that at all it's just uh you, you're either gifted with it or not but clearly you have that gift so uh i mean again it, it's a it, very impressive to watch and, and and see uh your ability to to take punishment from some of the best strikers in the world and still come forward walk through their best shots um and before we talk about what's next for you, man, how did it feel to get this huge win in your hometown? Uh, what was the reception like from the fans afterwards? It was, it was pretty special. Uh, I I got to have me at the party um, at a bar I used to work at, the trophy room. And um, I wasn't expecting it to be as huge as it was. There, was. there were hundreds of people there, and a lot of them, half of them I didn't even know. 
Wow, so you, you got to go back to a bar. I'm guessing you were a, a bouncer at this bar? Uh, yeah. Wow. Wow, that's awesome, man. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Uh, now, in your post-fight interview, you made it very clear what you want next. Has there been any discussion with your management or the UFC about making this title fight a reality? Uh, I don't think we've reached out about that at the moment. And if we have, I don't my mind manager or anyone else about that okay now obviously you're going to be campaigning for the title fight but if the ufc offers you a number one contender matchup will you take it i mean i guess if i have to i'm not out here to make uh make ultimatums that's a good way to go get on uh dana white's bad side and i don't want that right right all the stuff we've seen and heard that that he said about people turning down fights, you're kind of in a sticky situation. If you if you're offered a fight, you kind of got to take it at this point, right? Yeah. Now, some people have talked about another fight with Ngannou if he gets past Derek Lewis. Are you on board for that matchup, or? Yeah, I man. I said I have to, but that's probably the best uh, the best consolation prize. Right, for you that would be a redemption fight. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, give us your thoughts on the super fight between uh, Stipe Miocic and, and Daniel Cormier. Who are you picking for that one? Um, I'm going to take Stipe. Um, I like his kickboxing, his footwork, his conditioning. And I know that the... Now, a lot of people are talking about how, uh, you know, Cormier has, uh, he's never lost a fight at heavyweight, but but there is also that size thing. I mean, he kind of is undersized against the, the majority of heavyweights in the division. H- where do you stand on that? I mean, do, do you think size is going to play a big factor in the fight? I think it will because um, he uses the jab as well. Right, so, so the distance is going to be a big factor. Okay. Now, do you intend to be cage side for UFC 226? Oh, um, I think I would like to. Yeah, I'm actually working on that. Yeah, that would be cool. It makes sense. I mean, even uh, even if the title fight isn't the next fight for you, uh, it would make sense, you know, promotion wise down the line to have you there watching the fight and and getting your live reaction. So that would be very cool. Do you plan on maybe reaching out to the UFC or uh, you know, j- just going going to the fight regardless? Right, right. Now, if you were able to choose between these two guys, you know, as to who you fought for the title, who would you pick, and, and which guy do you think is a better matchup for you personally? Oh, uh, I think they both present challenges, and I don't think either one of them is easier or harder than the other. It, I think they're both great in their own ways. They both, they both have pretty good stand-up, both are pretty good wrestlers. Um, 
the only advantage would be I have a weight advantage over both of them and probably a, a reach advantage also. Yeah, yeah. And obviously with Cormier, you'd have the the bigger size advantage over him. So uh, I, I, get, I get where you're going there. But uh, realistically, man, you know, if the winner of 226 doesn't get injured, you should be fighting for the belt before the end of the year. Do you have a card in mind? Maybe Madison Square Garden? Or is there another event that, that you really have your eyes on? Uh, I was thinking about New Year's Eve in Vegas. Ah, what what a better way to cap off the year than, than New Year's Eve in Vegas and get that title, man. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, Curtis, listen, you've been more than generous with your time. As always, my friend, pleasure speaking with you. Uh, in conclusion, tell everybody why, tell everybody out there why you deserve to be the next challenger for the title and why you'll be champion when you finally get that shot before the end of the year. I think I deserve to be the champion because... Listen, I certainly hope that the fight gets made. Uh, in my opinion, you are the most deserving guy at this point, especially with the performance that you're coming off of at UFC 225. Greatly appreciate you joining us today. Hopefully we can catch up again soon. Congrats on another amazing win, and I look forward to this in- inevitable fight, uh, title fight very much. Any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? Uh, yeah, I'd like to plug my... my uh sponsor uh, Norris Lane I'd like to give a shout out to Receptron in the May for the uh, products I use for I uh, use the t- 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 topicals and the drops uh, it's it's infused with CBD product and it helps with my recovery and uh now, real quick, man, Receptra, that's the one that uh, Boss Rutland is with, right? Yeah, um, I believe so. Right, right. Very cool stuff, man. A lot of benefits happening in the world of CBD, and it's nice to see uh, fighters like yourself and athletes finally taking advantage of those things. So, um, g- glad to hear something like that's working for you, brother. Uh, again, greatly appreciate the time. Hope we, hopefully we can catch up again soon. Enjoy the fruits of all your hard labor, man. And uh, you have a wonderful evening, my friend. All right, you too. All right, buddy. Have a good night. All right. Later. Again, greatly appreciate Curtis taking the time while trying to relax after such an impressive win. Definitely hope he gets the title shot next, if not a title eliminator. You heard it there. He's game to take on Francis. Anybody to get him closer to that title, he's down for that fight. A stand-up guy with a ton of skill. His future is very bright. There's no reason that he can't be the champion before the end of this year or possibly early next year. But let's keep it moving. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, guys, Devin Clark.
All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show former RFA champ, tough alumni, and current UFC light heavyweight, the brown bear himself, Devin Clark. What's going on, Devin? How you doing today, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Just getting a workout in right now, but uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Our pleasure, my friend. Are you currently down at Jackson Wink, or are you back home in South Dakota? I'm in South Dakota right now. I just got married this past weekend, so and I live here, and then I, you know, I go down to Albuquerque for my fight camps about a month, month and a half at a time. Interesting, man. Congratulations, newlywed. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, and no, you got a, <laughs> anything awesome planned for the for the honeymoon or? Uh, nothing yet. We live in South Dakota, and it's nice right now. So we'll probably do it when it's crappy here in the winter time. Right. Go yeah. somewhere nice in the winter time. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. And not to mention, you're trying to get a fight right now, right? Yeah. Um, there's a fight, Lincoln, Nebraska, I believe. Uh, UFC's coming. And I know Anthony Smith, he just had a big victory. And he's uh, he really wants to be on that card. And he's from Omaha, Nebraska, I think. And, you know, I'm a Midwest guy, too. And I love the, you know, I'd, I'd love to fight, uh, have that as a fight. Um, Anthony's a really tough dude. And I think that would be a great matchup. For sure, man. For sure. Listen, that was something I wanted to get to here in a bit, but... Uh, Jackson Wink, man, is widely considered one of the best teams on the planet. I know you're saying that you only go down there for your fight camps, but, you know, so much talent under one roof. How long have you been with that team? Two years now. Two years. Very good. I was talking to Bavon Lewis uh, a few weeks ago, and, you know, we discussed the team. I mentioned how I admire the fact that the, the coaches really embrace the unique qualities and styles of all the athletes down there. You know, rather than making everybody robotic with technique, they kind of encourage that individuality of everyone. I'm sure that's the case for you as well. Yeah, I mean, and there, there's so many coaches down there, so many high-level coaches that you can really, whatever style suits you, you can, you, you can kind of pick your, your coaches. Uh, you know, obviously there's the main ones, but, um, yeah, it's really a gym for everybody, and everybody grows there and gets better when they come there. Absolutely, absolutely. So as you just mentioned there, the good word with you, you're coming off the win over Mike Rodriguez at UFC 223 back in April. Uh, you're hoping to get back in there for this Lincoln-Nebraska card against Anthony Smith. Has Anthony shown any interest, or, or the UFC for that matter? Nothing, nothing so far. I think I put a tweet out, I think it was a day or two ago. Um, and, you know, see if it would, it would bite, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, that's I would love that fight, and I don't see... Yeah, I know he wants a ranked guy, but I think that fight would speak for itself. You know, whether or not we're ranked or not, that's that's a really tough fight for both of us. And you know, he's a really good guy, and I respect him. And I just that, and that's why I want the fight so so bad is because um, I know I'll have to level up, and it'll force me to you know bring my top game. Well, you you mentioned that the fact that it's a, it's a Midwest thing, it kind of be a Midwest showdown. Uh, how close are you to Lincoln, Nebraska? Four hours, four and a half hours. No, that, well, that's not bad. You'd be able to drive there and, and, and potentially get home the night of the fight. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, it's, it's close, and it, yeah, I think it would just be a really good uh, really good deal, and the fans would come from both sides. So, it's yeah, it would be great. Now, he's coming off the first-round stoppage of Rashad Evans over the weekend. Uh, give us your thoughts on, on how you and Anthony match up stylistically. Well, he's a... I, He's more striker, and I'm a wrestler, and you know I could do. You know, I think I could take him down, um, and then he would, and I have to. I would have to watch out for his striking, and definitely not do what Rashad did and duck his head, because <laughs> you know Anthony's got the knees, he's got the elbows, he's got all these strikes, these counter strikes that can get you. 
you know, he's a knockout guy. So I'm a wrestler, and I, I grind guys out, and that's what I would have to do in that situation. So you look at it as, as one of those great opportunities of the classic clash of striker versus grappler. Yeah, I suppose so. And, and Anthony's, you know, he's lying hard. He's got a bunch of heart, and he's not giving up. So I know it would it would push me, to, um, you know, to perform at my best. Now, uh, what did you think of that win over Rashad for, for Anthony? I mean, honestly, for me, it's it's tough to watch Rashad compete at this point. Yeah, you know, he's, you know, it's it's about time for him to probably retire. You know, he's had, he's had a good one. Um, and then, you know, getting knocked out like that, that's, you know, that, that's hard on the body, hard on the brain. So, but, you know, it was a good, it was a good finish. And, you know, that's, uh, it's a really good deal for him. Yeah, yeah, for Anthony, for sure. And I agree with you, man. Hopefully Rashad. Uh, has the wherewithal to hang it up, and hopefully his coaches encourage him to do so as well. That seems to be the problem, right? In this sport, it's like, the, obviously, every fighter wants to continue competing. They want to go out on that high. They always crave that win. But it's really up to the coaches and loved ones and people surrounding you to to tell you when it's time, right? Yeah, I think so. And it's and I'm sure it's, it's just as hard to listen to that to that advice, you know, as it is for them to tell you that advice, because a lot of these people, close people, they've been watching these guys do it for years and years and years. And, you know, it's hard to say, Hey man, it's time to quit. And it's hard to listen to it as well. Yeah. But, you know, you have to listen to your body and especially if you have a family, you gotta listen to your family. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you hundred percent, man. So if for whatever reason, Anthony doesn't accept this fight, are there any other names you have in mind? What else makes sense for you right now? You know, I'll fight anybody right now. I I just want to get in there and, and continue to get better. Uh, my last fight wasn't quite the way I wanted it to go, even though I got the victory. But um, I had to just use my wrestling, and that's what I did. But I have more stuff to show, and I you know it's just I have a different fight in me than than what I've shown so far in the UFC. And you know, I I, can't, I want to bring that out. I want people to see that. So I want a tough I want tough competition. Somebody that's supposed to beat me that I know can beat me, but and that's why I, and that, and I'll train, and I'll train for that. So, I mean, that's kind of why, I, yeah, I just want to, I want a tough fight. Right. You want something to, to not only push you in the gym, but also uh, a fight to, to, to bring out that level of what you're capable of, like you're talking yeah. about here. Yeah. You know, back against the wall type, type stuff, you know, and fighting somebody that nobody wants to fight, you know, it's not easy fights. So, Right, right. And I, I commend you, man. I know a lot of everybody says they want the tough fight, but at the end of the day, when it comes to signing the contract, you know, some, some people shy away from those really tough matchups. So, Yeah, you know, and I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have good management and stuff, and my manager will tell me when I'm being silly when I want to fight somebody that's, you know, because I'll, I'll go in there right now and fight the top guy. I don't care. Um, but like you said before, you, you have to listen to the people around you too, so. Um, but I think that would be a good match with Anthony or, you know, anybody else that's, uh, you know, anybody right now, really. So the bottom line, though, is you're going to be pushing hard to be on this card in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, it would be great. It's, you know, that's it's right in my backyard. So that'd be, it'd be good. Now, listen, changing gears here for a moment. Uh, give us your thoughts on the division, man. You know, you've got the champ challenging Stipe next month. No clear contender at this point. Lots of new talents in the rankings right now. Uh, however, some people that some people are saying that 205 is lacking. What do you think? I, I feel like they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> because I've trained with some of these guys and I know some of these guys and they're they're all tough, especially the up and comers. Um, you're fighting in, you're fighting guys 
you know, they're ranked from 15 to 20 and even lower than that, that are just as tough that dudes are in the top five. So, you know, they're, they're in there, they're in the mix and, you know, there's a lot of tough guys at 205 right now. Definitely, definitely. I think we're kind of at that point where it's like the rebuilding process of a division. A lot of these names haven't become necessarily household names. There hasn't been a lot of uh, maybe promotion for some of these up-and-coming guys, but all incredibly talented, and it's just a matter of time before they get that uh, limelight, if you will. Definitely, and, and you know that goes with any sports. you got to get seasoned a little bit first, and that's what a lot of these dudes are doing, including myself right now, just getting seasoned and getting – uh, getting comfortable in the UFC, you know, if you have under five fights in UFC, it's, you know, it's, it's whatever. But once you get past that, you start growing as a, as a UFC fighter and starting to buy into it and really feeling comfortable. That I think that's the trend. That's usually when guys start, you know, taking off. So. Absolutely, man. I, I say it all the time on this show. Sometimes guys just haven't arrived until they arrive. You know what I mean? Like you have to go yeah. out there and have that performance that really puts you out there. I mean, like we said, so many, so many of these guys are so talented. They just haven't had that opportunity to shine just yet. Absolutely. I mean, like Tyrone, Tyron Woodley, he, you know, he, he had his ups and downs and then all of a sudden now he's reigning champion. So, um, it was just, it took a really good, really good knockout and whatever. And, you know, he, he, uh, paid his dues and kept coming back, kept coming back and now he's on top. So, you know, I think that could happen for a lot of people. Yeah, man, that, that's one of the downsides to this sport, you know, following it for all these years. Fans are brutal, to say the least, and, and, and it seems like, you know, I get it, you're only as good as your last fight, but this sport has so many ups and downs, and you have to go through them and, 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 and conquer those those ups and downs to get to that point that, that you're looking for. So, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate to think that so many people get written off just based off of a loss when everybody's a killer in every division, you know? Yeah, I mean it's the U of a C. It's the you know it's the premier promotion, and all these guys are they're the best in the world. So you know to take a loss from one of the best in the world, it is what it is. You got to get back up and keep fighting. Right. It's, you know it's going to happen at some point usually, unless you're one of the one of the chosen few. But right, um, right. You know it's but it yeah like losing is part of the sport. I got in the UFC when I got in the UFC, I hadn't lost ever. No amateur losses. No you know early pro losses. Nothing like that. Then I lost right away my first fight in the UFC. Like, oh man, do I belong here? I don't know. Like, so I had, I had to really get you know get myself back up and go out there and, and know that I'm good enough to compete with the, the guys in the UFC and that I am a UFC fighter. So I mean, it's, it's a lot of a lot of self confidence that you have to you have to believe in yourself. Definitely, definitely, and growth as well. You know, I think that I'm sure this is the case for you as well. But uh, a lot of guys talk about how, you know. When you come into something undefeated, especially the UFC, that first loss is really tough to deal with, but it's it's a huge learning experience, and you grow so much from there, right? Absolutely. Um, I had two wins after that loss, and, and it made me more aware of what I needed to do. Um, and as as well as when I lost to Jan, Jan Bohovitz, it was, you know, it was like I went in there expecting some stuff, and he did something that I wasn't ready for, and lesson learned be prepared for anything um don't look past any guys what they can do and you know i wasn't quite prepared for what he what he uh what he had for me so yeah yeah and you know like we're talking about man all learning experience you come back stronger and uh that's all you can ask for but 
when you look at the division and all the potential contenders, I mean, who do you think should get the next crack at DC when he comes back from this this title fight with Stipe? Oh man, um, shoot, I I don't even know. I guess I haven't really even thought about it because I I don't I don't see DC going back down to light heavyweight. You you th- you think that if well I know obviously if he beats Stipe, it would make a lot of sense for him to stay there. But if he was to lose, you don't think he'll come back down? I don't think so. I think you know. I think that's when retirement talk comes in. Right. Um, I mean, that's just my opinion. But you know, he's had a good one, and he's obviously moving up to heavyweight now. And he, everyone knows he's comfortable there. So you know, he's a bigger guy. And that I think a lot of that lends itself to the struggles of the weight cut. Uh, you know, you're a guy who 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 had one fight at middleweight. Talk to me about the decision to drop down and and eventually, you know, decide to move back up. Were you kind of looking at it as a lot of fighters do? If I'm the bigger guy on fight night, I'll have a greater advantage. Um, no, I because my last right before I got signed, um, my fights were at 205, and Dana wanted me at 85. He's like, "Oh, you're 85," which at the time I probably was because I was walking around before my fight there for the RFA. It was like at 210, 215, and as soon as I, I cut down uh, to 185 for my UFC fight, and I ended up getting up to like 220 right before that, so I had to cut down. It was kind of a, it was a big cut, but we handled it, and I also did, that was my first time cutting it there, so I had a little rough go at the end of the first round, but, um, you know, then after that fight, I blew back up to about 230, 240, and that's, and I walk around at 230 now. I've gained a bunch of muscle, um, and it's just I'm I'm more fit now, and I just walk around heavier. Yeah, I mean, weight cutting has always been such an issue in this sport. It seems like, based on the success of a lot of guys, chances are your best bet is to fight closer to your walk-around weight, right? Yeah, well, I think it's different for everybody because you also see guys that move up. They're like, oh, man, no, I, I can't handle the – can't handle these big guy, bigger guys or whatever because everyone's – body style is so different um and a lot of i get a lot of crap about it because i'm only i'm only six foot tall and everybody i fights you know at least six two six three six four something like that but my legs are <laughs> bigger than everybody's too and so i carry the weight differently and my whole life i've been wrestling with bigger people than me so i'm, I'm used to that so it doesn't bother me at all yeah yeah you're right man i, I think a lot of people don't take into consideration body types so, yeah, you know, you make a great point there. I mean, uh, cutting weight, when you got big-ass legs, it's hard to cut weight from your legs, right? <laughs> it, well, 85, I had regular leg, regular, leg, regular legs when I weighed in, and that's the last time I have, you know. Right. Uh, but you also do, you carry more water when you have more muscle as well, so you can kind of cut a little more, but mm-hmm. um, it's just being used to that, and, and I, I didn't like that cut. So. Now, you know, since, since we're on this topic of, of, of weight cutting and everything – uh, Dana White had announced recently that, that they're going to move the weigh-ins back to the late uh, 4 p.m. weigh-in. Where do you stand on this? Do you prefer the early weigh-ins? And, you know, what, do you think it's better or, or worse for athletes? I love the early weigh-ins. Um, I think it probably is a little bit better. You get more time to recover. It, but it also it takes away from the, the edginess of guys cutting weight so close to the fight how they're going to respond the next day once they're, you know, once they're recovered with that shorter recovery time. So then these guys are going to be fighting a little different at that point, I feel like. So you think it's a, it, it can go both ways? Yeah, 
definitely. It definitely goes both ways. And either way, a guy should make weight. <laughs> it right. Doesn't matter. It right. doesn't matter what time we weigh in. You should make weight. Um, it's it's just what it's the easiest part of the job making the weight. It's you know uh, that's that's how I feel about it. Well, that that's definitely a wrestler in you speaking. I think. <laughs> definitely, yeah. You know, we grew up wrestling. We'd weigh in the day of competition. Weigh in that morning after cutting ten pounds, then wrestle all day long. You know, on a few bagels. So, um, I guess it's ingrained in me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I just see some people struggle so much, and they talk about, you know, the biggest fight for me is the weigh-in, but for all the wrestlers, you know, that, that that's second nature. It's, it's part of the gig. We've done it our whole lives, so. Yeah, but there, there's a way to do the weight cut that in, in the wrestling, I was doing it wrong in wrestling, and now I'm doing it the right way with my trainer, and it, it works really good, and that's all these guys have to do, and it's simple stuff. How much of it, how much of is it, a, is it a nutritional thing for you? Um, it's, I mean, that's definitely, it'll definitely help if you're eating the right stuff, um, or at least eating the right stuff when you're doing your weight cut and, and getting the right amounts of stuff and water and greens and all that stuff. So, you know, it, it's kind of a huge part when you're, when you have to make an exact weight, especially if you're cutting 20 or 30 pounds, you know, cause it's already dangerous. You might as well have good food in you when you're doing it, good fuel. Right, right. Now, listen, getting back to the division, where do you fit into all this? I'm sure you have title aspirations, as all fighters do, uh, but do you think you can break into the rankings over the course of the next year? Oh, definitely. I think so. Anything's possible. And, and you know, it's, it is a smaller division, so you get a couple big wins, you're, you're in there. Um, you know, like, it's, yeah, and I might be that guy that nobody's expecting to, you know, to make that run, but it's really, it's really close for me to, from, you know, clicking into what I need to do in that cage, um, getting comfortable wise. I've never been that comfortable of a fighter in the cage. Just, I don't know if it's from wrestling or whatever. I don't like to be hit in the face. I don't know, but you know, it's never that comfortable. It's never been that comfortable for me in the cage fighting, but now I'm starting to get into that where I am comfortable and I know, you know, I, I know how to handle that. So it's just a lot of it's cage experience as well. And once I get everything figured out, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be a run for the title for sure. Yeah, you make a great point there, man. I think that um, we're at, I mean, almost every division, but in particular 205, like you're talking about, a couple wins, man, and you're right there in the conversation. So I agree with you 100%. Now, uh, what what matchup would you be most excited for if you were able to choose an opponent, regardless of rank, regardless of, of any of the politics? Who would you most like to fight in the division, aside from Anthony Smith? Uh, I would love to fight Cormier. Good answer. Good answer. I would love to fight Cormier. I've trained with, I helped uh, John Jones train for him a couple times, and you know it's uh, a guy that I kind of have figured out. I don't, I don't know how it would go, but you know I, I have a, you know a good, um, good read on him. So, so for for you, would it would it be ideal if he sticks around until you finally get that title shot? Yeah, but you know, it, <laughs> I I just really don't see him being in there for too much longer so um but yeah that'd be awesome right and you know you mentioned john jones there being a teammate and all and all that how does that work for you you know some guys talk about oh we never fight each other some guys say if the pay is right if there's a title on the line how does that work for you uh i'd love to fight john um and we've talked about it before i'm like i went down there to train and i ended up getting to train with john and i tell him (laughs) 
one day I'm going to fight you. I want to fight you one day because that's the highest level. That's the guy that, you know, he's beat everybody. He's untouchable. And so, of course, like we said, I want to fight the best. I want to fight the best. So, um, but, you know, we both know that it's, that's a ways away. So, right. Right. But, but, you know, and it doesn't help stop us from helping each other. As it shouldn't, as it shouldn't, you know, you're, you're brothers in battle and, and, and that's what matters most, man. Uh, but what do you think of all this talk about him fighting Brock Lesnar? Is that fight going to happen? Does it make sense? Does Brock even stand a chance? What's your opinion? Um, I have no idea if it's going to happen, but that'd be a really fun fight. And I think John would beat him easily. So Yeah. John's, he's a strong dude. And, you know, I think and he obviously will move, be able to move better than uh, Brock. So. Right, right. Now, uh, you know, getting back to yourself, your own career, uh, I'm sure you love uh, the the rematch with Jan, right? Yeah, that, I'll take that too. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's one fight I really want back. I mean, I I made a mental error in in the second round or whatever happened. He he caught me, you know, and that's what it was. He caught me. He didn't really beat me. He caught me. And you give me two more rounds with him, I'm gonna grind him out and I'm gonna beat him. That's that's the way I looked at it. I, but you know, I can't really make too many excuses he caught me and that's what it is he won the fight he's a better fighter that night but i think if we ran it back it'd be it'd be a different story yeah yeah and there's no reason that can't be uh that fight can't happen for you and uh you know with a couple of wins here so yeah. uh all right Devin, listen man you've been more than generous with your time i just have a couple more questions here for you uh assuming you can get the fight in lincoln for august you come out of that fight victorious no injuries how quickly would you like to get back in there and how many times do you think you'll be able to compete this year uh, after when that fight fight three or four months later, um, keep you know might as well keep things rolling. It's it's you know I I feel like that's uh you know that works for a lot of guys. I mean three or four months it's plenty of time, especially if the fight goes well. I mean it depends on how the fight goes because there's always injuries and stuff like that. But you know depending on that coming out of that clean yeah three or four months back at it. So it'd be you're you're thinking three times this year at least. That'd be that'd be that'd be awesome, man. All right, so August twenty fifth is coming up quickly, man. How late is too late for you to get an opponent for that card? Uh, a few weeks, you know. I I stay in shape, so um, you know, I'm pretty much ready for anything at three weeks' notice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I certainly hope you get the fight. Uh, in conclusion, man, what would you say to Anthony Smith to encourage him to take this matchup? Uh, just that he, you know. I know, I know he's one of the toughest ones in the division, and I know that. And he might know that about, about me, too. And if we fight, it's going to be a great night. It's going to be good for both of us. It's going to be an ultimate test for both of us, guaranteed. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's fighting somebody that I respect. So I know it's going to be a tough fight either way, and it'd be a hell of a fight for the fans, and uh, it would help us both out. For sure, man, for sure. Like a- the ring. Right, right, right. Well, for sure, man. I, I certainly hope that, that, that the fight can get made. Uh, I would implore him to take the fight. It's a great matchup. It makes a lot of sense in regards to where you guys both stand in the division. Uh, but again, I greatly appreciate your time today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Hopefully, we can catch up uh, soon when a fight gets booked. Any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? Oh, yeah. Just, um, you know, everybody, all my fans, all my supporters, and, uh, you know, everybody down in Jackson Wink here in South Dakota as well. At Ford Strength, I'm here right now at Ford Strength doing this interview in between my Zercher spots. But uh, um, my my manager Rick Guerrero, of course, he does a lot for me. So 
just a uh, big thank you to everybody. Yeah, Rick is the man. Big shout out to Rick. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, man. Greatly appreciate it again, and uh, I know we'll chat soon. Have a fantastic day, my friend. Awesome. You as well. Thank you. All right, buddy. Devin, clearly another down-to-earth guy, very cerebral guy. Tons of potential at 205. Definitely another guy to keep your eye on. And as you heard us discuss there, it only takes a couple of big wins in the light heavyweight division at this point to put yourself into title contention. We saw Volkan and Ozdemir do it last year. There's no reason that Devin Clark can't do it late 2018, early 2019, and be in that same position. So again, another up-and-coming guy I'm very excited about. You should be as well. But as we always do, let's keep it moving. Coming up next, making his PFL debut this Thursday in Chicago, former Bellator lightweight champ, an all-around awesome guy, and a very talented guy as well, Ill Will Brooks. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show UFC veteran, former Bellator lightweight champ, and a man who many consider to be the favorite to win the inaugural PFL lightweight tournament, American Top Team Zone, Ill Will Brooks. What's going on, Will? How is life down in Florida today, today, man? Man, life is uh, life is blessed, man. I'm so blessed. God is working so hard in my life. I'm feeding my son right now. Who just came into the world into the world Monday, and I'm just I'm just living my best life right now, man. It's incredible. That's tremendous. Is this this is your first child? No, this is my second. My my daughter, my first one is two years old. Now. She's two she's two years old now, and this guy just came Monday. Wow, congratulations, man. Healthy baby, I presume? Oh, yeah, yes, sir. Very healthy. Wife is healthy. Everybody's very healthy and blessed, and we're just living good. As far as Florida goes, it's just been rainy and miserable, but, you know, (laughs) it's the rainy season. You know, it is what it is. Right, right, right. And it's gearing up for that ridiculous humidity, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, man, because it doesn't take very much. It rains, and then the sun comes out, and then bang, you're in in a ball of humidity, pretty much. Right, right. How how much does I mean? Obviously, you have a two year old, so things have changed for you for a bit now. But you know, with your second child here, how much does that change? You know, the sport for you and your career, and you know, having to provide for your family. Yeah, I think it. I think it changed before with with, with my first child, and and I just I didn't realize how much it had changed. You know, it was like for me, it was like, oh no, it'll be same same as usual, business as usual, and. And to be honest, as I've gone through this process, I just realized that it's not the same. Your mindset has to be different. The way you approach things has to be, has to be different. There's no, there's no more being kind of selfish about the way you see the world, you know, in regards to this sport and how you approach it. And, and now that I have my son in the world with my daughter, it was more like I need to throw, I need to throw myself fully into being the best husband and father I could be. And, and of course, you have to do that. That's you're supposed to be that way. Right. But now I've figured out, I understand that I need to find balance between the two because in order for me, part of me doing my job as a husband and father, being a protector and provider, is doing my job as being a, a fighter, you know? This is financially how I take care of the family. So if I'm not doing that at the best of my ability, then am I doing the best job I can as a as the provider and protector of my family? So... You know, it's one of those things, you make adjustments, and I think I'm finally starting to turn the corner and realize where I'm at now and the difference between things. Right, right. Well, that's got to be the the most difficult part is trying to find that balance because all the sacrifices that it takes to be a good husband and father, on the flip side of that, there's also a tremendous amount of sacrifice in being a professional fighter as well. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. And it, and it's, and and those sacrifices were great. Like a lot of those sacrifices were more based around, all right, well, what do I want for me? Type of situation, you know? right? And, and me getting to what I want, and and now it's not. There's no more me. It is. It is. It's. A, it's the truth. There's no more just me. Me comes after everybody else. Me comes after my wife and my daughter and my son, and then there's me. You know, so getting used to that, getting comfortable with that, that idea of being selfless, but also having to be selfish and finding a balance between the two is really where I'm at now. And I finally believe I found that, that the balance between the two and I've had incredible people in my life to help me and guide me through the process. So everything's coming together. You know? Yeah. That, that's what I was going to say, man. It's, it's a selfish game, but you also have to be selfless as a parent. So I agree with you hundred percent. But listen, man, you know, all that being said, you know, having to feed your kid right now, we greatly appreciate you taking the time with, to speak with us today. Uh, we're less than a week away from your PFL debut. How has training camp been, and how excited are you to get back into action? Man, training camp has been incredible, man. This is really one of, genuinely, and I know a lot of guys say this after they come off of losses, and, and they're just like, man, I feel this is the best I've ever felt, and I'm about to be one of those guys, you know. And I genuinely feel like this is, I'm back to... The, the original Will Brooks that came into this sport, my passion, my dedication, my drive, uh, my motivation is there. I think for a while there, I was I was searching for it. I was trying to manufacture and just create it and just say that, yo, I'm just motivated, I'm focused, you know, and it wasn't the honest truth. And I just feel like I've finally turned that corner and I'm genuinely motivated and like get I'm geared up to go. My coaches are geared up to go they feel my energy i feel their energy and that's really one of the more important parts of this sport is the relationship between coach and fighter and and we're all just geared up and ready to go man i'm really excited to get back to winning yeah i gotta say man i think with this sport there's so many ups and downs and a lot of the times it takes those downs to to really get back on the bike and, and get back up that hill towards the top and achieve those goals that, that, you, that you've wanted to all along right yeah definitely man you have to because these are times where you have to sit back and really analyze everything, really be uh, be honest with yourself and step back and say, hey, what role are you playing in all this? Because it's very easy for fighters and anybody who competes at a high level and just people in life. We, we have the ability to find excuses and reasons why this didn't work out the way it did and this didn't work out and get away from actually taking full responsibility for why things didn't go the way it did. And when we do that, people take that as a negative, but... It's not a negative. It's just being honest. Did you are you making the right transitions? As like in my case, did you do the right things to find the right balance between being a husband and a father and a fighter and a, and a competitor? Right. Honestly, no, I didn't. I put more of my energy into being a husband and father, which I'm supposed to do that, but I missed the steps. So that's what it is. So going through this process is just really analyzing myself, being honest with myself, and being like, hey hey guy like looking in the mirror and be like yo it's time to get it together and also looking in the mirror of my coaches and my wife and the people that see me that listening to what they have to say and really taking that to heart and be like you know what all right i'm good so yeah i'm 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 genuinely 100 percent back mentally and physically and ready to go awesome man awesome now you'll be making this debut against former world series of fighting t- title challenger luis fermino uh, he's a pretty tough guy. He, he's beat some talented athletes in his career. Give us your thoughts on how you guys match up stylistically. Yeah, so he's a very, very talented guy. Very old school to style, you know, where he has a lot of pressure. Um, that that typical 
uh, aggressive, move forward, pressure, 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 do the basic things, but do them very well. And I think this is a fight that's very similar to my last fight with um, with uh, ex- my ex-teammate Nick Lentz. And uh, it's one of those things where on paper, yeah, I'm physically and skill-wise better than he is, but it comes down to just doing the small things right, you know, because you have a guy that is very basic, is very limited in his abilities, but does things very well where it makes you get too comfortable, you know, and that's kind of where I fell victim to in my previous fight. Um, I was doing things better than my opponent, and I fell victim to the arrogance and feeling really good, and that's how I approach this one, you know, I go out there and I know on paper I'm better than this guy, but I have to be better than him on the things that you don't see on paper, which is the fight IQ and and knowing how to reset in between rounds and things like that. So I'm really excited about this fight. You know, I think it plays well into the things that I do best. Right. So, I mean, you have to acknowledge the talent that you have and the ability you have, but you also have to get back to basics is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And and understanding that the basics are a reason why I got here. You know, I started with basics is my, 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 my ground, my, my uh, foundation is, is wrestling. I come from a wrestling background and, and in wrestling, the mindset is let's keep the, everything simple, dumb, you know, like, and just make it very, very easy. I had, I had a wrestling coach that once in, in high school that told me, hey, let's find two or three things that you're really, really good at and do those two or three things over and over again until you're the best at them, you know. And I think I stepped away from that process. I think I started doing, I tried to do a hundred things and be good at a hundred things, but like, you know, you have to. You, you, and never really master anything, you know. So that's where we're at, getting back to the basics, getting two or three things that you're really, really good at, and just stick to that, you know. And that's the mindset we've got right now. Right, right. Now, as I mentioned earlier, man, you're widely considered a favorite to, to win this first season of the PFL. Obviously, you have every intention of claiming that cash prize and the title at the end. Uh, but aside from Louise, you know, who do you see as your main competition? Uh, to be honest, I haven't looked that far ahead, you know, and this is, uh, I know that's very cliche, you know, but it's just the way I approach everything. Even even when I've lost fights, you know, I've only, I don't really look back on those fights very much. I look forward to the next fight, and that's what you have to do in this sport. I think anybody that has a great deal of success at every, in, in every, every organization, you have to be able to look at the next fight. You lose one. You can win the next one, move on to the next fight. And that's really where I'm at right now. I'm only focused on this one fight, winning this fight five seconds at a time. And then after that, I'll take time to thank my wife and my, my teammates and my coaches for being there for me and getting me back on track and giving all all praise and glory to, to my Jesus, my, my Lord, my Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and then I'll move on to the next fight. But right now, I'm only focused on the one fight, you know. No, no, no. That, that, getting back to winning. Right, right, right. Well, that that makes yeah. complete sense to me, man. I mean, uh, uh, you hear fighters, like you said, it's kind of cliche, but it's the truth, man. you you got to focus on the task at hand rather than look ahead. But, you know, with the tournament format, uh, it sounds like that's really not changing anything for you. You're just going to focus on one fighter at a time, not look ahead, and, and, you know, like we just said, man, focus on the task at hand. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, with this approach, with this type of format – the regular season playoff championship, this league type of format, it, it calls for one of those things where you really have to be able to reset yourself, you know, because it's all coming at you so fast. So you have to be able to regroup, take one one thing at a time, win it one, win it five seconds at a time. And I think I'm, I, I think I, I've 
I've been in this sort of format before when I fought for Bellator, so this isn't going to be a, a difficult thing for me to do, you know, to take this approach and be able to get out there and compete at a high level. I, I'm, I don't know if my, my fellow opponents or, or, or guys that fight my, my division in this format are going to be able to keep up with, you know, and I come from a background where this type of format just fits guys like me, that wrestling, having to possibly fight four or five times in, or wrestle two or three times in one day, you know, so you take that and you smash it into a format like this and, and it's, it, it just is exciting, you know, I, I'm looking forward to this opportunity. Right, right. Now, this entire format, like we're talking about here, I think it has a ton of potential. Uh, you know, if this thing goes according to plan, you could see this re- this league really change the game entirely. You know, give us your thoughts on what Ray Cepho and company are trying to accomplish here, and, and do you think it's going to be the future of the sport? I think it will be, you know. I think it's one of those things where you really have to, like, the, the way that it's set up, it's like anything, you know. I think mixed martial arts right now is kind of getting watered down because there's so many events, there's so much going on. And I think with the Professional Fighters League right now, it's just bringing a new format to things where guys can't skip over guys, you can't avoid guys. The only way you can is if you lose fights, you know, you have to be able to, you you hold your own fate, you hold your fate in your own hands, right? So that format and that, the way that that's set up is just, it forces you to constantly be in the gym and ready to compete and be thinking at a high level and not trying to take the easy route because you can be the best guy on the microphone and talk all the stuff you want to talk but you still got to get out there and compete against the best guys regardless of what you want to do. There's no skipping around their rankings. And I think it's one of those things where the fans are going to get a new taste of, of something different, of, of a point system and a playoff and a, and a championship. And uh, and it's going to feel like the NBA or the NFL, all these different things, you know. And it's just it's just an ex- exciting thing, you know. And, um, and it's a great cash prize at the end. And I think – as the process goes on, I think they'll get better and better with what they're trying to put together, and, and we'll, we'll see in the long run. Now, hopefully, I'll be a great part in the reason why it has a lot of success. You know? For sure, man, for sure. And I think, like you mentioned with uh, Bellator and, the, and their former former tournament format, it takes the politics out of this game. And like you were saying, you know, being able to promote on the microphone, that's one thing. But at the end of the day, you do have to go out there and compete against the best guys in the business. Uh, so it is refreshing to see some uh, a promotion get back to that tournament format take out the politics and the best guys fight the best guys on the night and the best guy you know gets his hand raised exactly yeah and, that, and that's really what i think i think right now the mixed martial arts fan is looking to get back to that you know and and that's one of the things that i think has been kind of missing in mixed martial arts right now again i think that's because promotions or organizations are putting so many cards together and trying to do this similar to the NFL, NBA have a, have a, almost a fight card every weekend or every week or whatever or every other day. It's almost impossible to do that. But in this approach that the Professional Fighters League is taking, it's possible that you could do something like that. You know, you could do it in a way where you can put a lot of cards together, but not um, not bog people down with too much going on, you know, and, and I think this approach and this dynamic that they're bringing is just, it's something unique, and I, I think it just comes in a great time for me, you know, so it's a great opportunity. Right, right, right. It takes away from that oversaturation. You have the consistency of a season, then there's the off season. everybody gets the time to recover, recoup, work on their skills and techniques in the gym, and then come back, and uh, I agree with you, man. It, it's something new. It's exciting. 
I'm very happy for it. But, you know, after this first season, do you expect that we'll see a lot more fighters and free agency make their way over to the PFL? I think so. You know, this is mixed martial arts, and 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 there's a business side of it all. You know, and there there there's going to be some guys that approach it and look and say if they're a part of some other organization or, and they're on the back end of their contracts with the other organizations, and you know things are going well with the PFL, and you know, and they're continuing to evolve and get better and offer new things and offer things that other people aren't offering again this is uh, negotiations pretty much and who can outdo who you know and i think this format and the idea of having an off season is going to be one of those things that's going to put the pfl over the top because as fighters man we do feel like man we're doing this all the time there's no we're not really aware or know for sure what's going to happen here and there so it's going to be nice to say, hey, this is what you're going to be doing. And within this time period, this is the number of fights that you could possibly have. And this is the amount of time that you're going to be able to be at home and just spend time with your family, you know, and just be able to relax and get better and get healthy. So it's a great thing. And I think it's going to really bring over some other fighters that are really and are looking for something new, you know. Right, right. Now, uh, you know, speaking of uh, other promotions, options that people have as free agents, when you were released from the UFC, I'm wondering, you know, obviously the news came out immediately that you were going to join the PFL, but did you have other options outside of the PFL? I'd imagine that you had plenty of offers on the table. Yeah, there was a handful of offers, you know, and they were great offers. And, and honestly, I I was so blessed and so – because you think, like, all right, well, he was a, he was a Bellator lightweight champion. He went into the UFC, had one fight, had one one fight, and then he went on losing streak. There's – that's a great opportunity for all the other other organizations to look at me and be like, "Hey, do we want to take a chance on a guy? Was he just a flash in the pan type of deal, you know?" And but there was other organizations that took time out to reach out to my management right away and have conversations and and they they put great offers on the table. But I just saw an opportunity with the Professional Fighters League that just presented a chance for me to kind of grow a new something new in my career, you know, going to a new direction. And also, for me, I love being a part of growth. And for what they're trying to do, I think it's going to give a lot of opportunity for fighters to really have a say-so in this sport and really impact decisions being made by the organization. And I just was thinking, man, this is – and plus, like, I could go out here and win a million dollars within a very short amount of time, you know? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, like that's something I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm – let's go do that because let's say I stay with the UFC and I got back to winning who's to say within five or six fights I'm not going to make a million dollars you know right but with the PFL I could do that within a year or whatever and and you know it's just a handful of different things played in 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 favor of me going with the professional fighters league and just presented a great opportunity yeah I was gonna say man obviously the opportunity to win such a huge cash prize that plays a big factor in your decision to go with them yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah, and, and like you said, man, I mean, anybody with the UFC contract, how many fights is it going to take for you to make that million dollars? So this is a great opportunity for everybody involved. Uh, right. and, 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 you know, knowing how much fighters struggle when it comes to surviving financially and, you know, considering it, it's been over six months since you've last competed, tell us about the importance for you to not only get back in the win column on June 21st, but also take one step closer to winning that million dollars. 
No, that's definitely important just because that's the end goal. But financially, I've been very, very, I've done very well for myself. Uh, fortunately, I've been one of those guys that have, I've been blessed. God has blessed me with an incredible woman in my life who's just great with finances and just done a great job with making sure that I don't act like a knucklehead when I get money. <laughs> she, takes all, she takes all my money, put it into a bank account, and I can't really touch it. So we're taken care of financially. And, you know, uh, the, the professional fighters league really stepped up and gave me gave me a good deal a little little bonus money you know what i mean so right. they, they helped me out a lot so i haven't had to worry about finances and things like that but you know being being that where i'm at you know it actually just gives me an opportunity to get ahead once i get out here and win it win this grand prize you know so <clears throat> you think about where i'm at financially now i'm comfortable but where I could be is like, ah, I like this. Let's go. You know? Right, right, right. So. Now, at first, I wasn't really sure how this playoff and point system would work out. But, you know, now after seeing the first event, it all makes sense to me. Uh, that being said, you know, the, the more points you rack up uh, with the finishes, the better the better off you are going into the playoffs. Obviously, that gives you guys big big incentives to go for the finish. But do you, do you think with that we might see guys – chasing the finish instead of focusing on the game plan to ensure the win yeah i mean of course you're going to get guys like that right because they might just be that guy in their everyday fights you know like every uh, other regular fights they just might they might just be that guy with that mindset so it's going to be one of those things where it might change guys the way they approach competing and, and fighting you know and and make them think that oh yo we gotta go i gotta go for it i gotta go get it i gotta do it but for me and my coaching staff and, and the way we approach everything, we approach everything with the same mindset. And let's just go out there and win it five seconds at a time and don't fight a fight for somebody else. I love the fans. But at the end of the day, when things get tough, the fans are not jumping up and coming to try to pay my mortgage for me. You know right. what I mean? Like, you know, so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to take it as exactly how my coaches tell me to take it and just take it five seconds at a time and win five seconds at a time and win fight it and win it one fight at a time and all the point system and all the other stuff. I'm going to let it play out the way it plays out and all these other guys that go chasing the knockouts and chasing the finishes that may or may not come up uh, with a win. I'm going to let them do what they do and we'll all approach it in our different ways and at the end of the day, we'll see who comes out on top. Yeah, that's one of the roughest things about this sport, man. The fans are either the best in the world or the worst in the world. Right, exactly, yeah. Now, they're, they're, it's, it's a love-hate relationship with all the fans. But, uh, you know, changing gears here for a moment, you, you had mentioned that you still aren't closing the door on a return to the UFC. Clearly, you have the desire to compete against the best in the world, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely, man. But I'm doing that. I'm still doing it. That's the thing with, with mixed martial arts and why it was so easy for me to be like, you know what? I didn't do what I needed to do in the UFC. They're releasing me. The reason why it's so easy for me, and a lot of people have asked me this, is why are you so comfortable? Why don't don't you feel some type of way? No, I don't because I still recognize that mixed martial arts is mixed martial arts. They're, we're still fighting. There's still people fighting. There's high-level fighters everywhere in every organization. Absolutely. The, benefit, the difference with the UFC is that they've done a great job at marketing, and they've done a great job at building their brand one because they were the biggest they were the they were the beginning they were the start right like the 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 powerhouse from the start you know so all these other promotions they have work to do 
But it does not mean that they don't have incredibly talented fighters because most of the guys that are fighting in the UFC are guys that fought in other organizations. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, yo, like look at look at the situation in the UFC. Uh, like Tyron Woodley, he was a strike force guy and just was on a different promotion. You know, that's all it is. Is we're all fighters. We're all extremely talented. We're all fighting at a high level. And that, and we're all putting the same. We're all risking the same things. It's just our our promotions are, have different names. That's it. So, I'm going out here and I'm competing at a high level still. So that's what it is, and that's what I'm focused on: getting out here and competing for the Professional Fighters League, and really pumping this this organization and putting it on my back and doing what I got to do to build it and make it something great. Yeah, I think that's something that that not only media fans, everybody takes for granted is that there's so much talent across the world in every promotion in mixed martial arts and uh you know I would love to see one day where we can finally get to a point where promotions will allow their fighters to compete against guys from other promotions and we could see some some uh some of these companies co-promote maybe the Ali act gets passed for for mixed martial arts and uh we get to see who truly is the best without the without the BS of uh of of you know the companies and and the, their banners getting in the way of of uh, you know, seeing who is the best in the world, and I think the Professional Fighters League is going to give that opportunity because it is one of those situations where, when you have something brand new and you want to have success, you have to, you almost have to involve the employees more, right? You need right. to get their input, you need to get their ideas, and I think right now with the Professional Fighters League, from being around just a short amount of time I've been here, they're they're greatly. Uh, uh, open to learning what the fighters want and what the fighters need, and and open to the idea of of possible like like health insurance and things like that, and and these ideas on trying to figure out and trying to figure out how do we implement these different things and help everybody and everybody help each other, and and I think that and again that was part of one of my decisions on coming to the professional fighters league. I'm like, yo, this might present a great opportunity for us as fighters, you know? So yeah. it's, just, it's a good opportunity, man. And I think it's going to build itself, you know? Absolutely. Not to mention, you've got a guy like Ray Seffo at the helm with a ton of experience as a combat athlete. He's been there. He's done that. You've got boss rooting on board, Randy Couture on board. I mean, these are all some of the brightest minds in the business that have been there back in the early days and seen it all come, become what it is. And, you know, Randy Couture in particular, uh, you know, spearheading for, for uh, unionization of fighters and collective bargaining. And uh, you're absolutely right, man. Professional Fighters League has an opportunity here to really change the game and, and turn this into something that I think all athletes have, have been hoping it would become all along. Yeah, man, it's going to be a great opportunity. I look forward to being the one to be a part of it, you know. For sure, man, for sure. Now, are you going to be a free agent at the end of the season? Um, I honestly, I'm not even sure that's something that my management deals with. Again, this is how I've always approached things. Um, I'm just trying to take it one fight at a time and just get out here and win. Okay. All right. Fair enough, man. Listen, you've been more than generous with your time. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. It's been an awesome conversation with you. Uh, getting back to June 21st, give us your prediction for the fight and, uh, tell all the fans why you're going to put on a great show for them in Chicago. I'm just going to get out there and just take it one fight at a time, man, and just get out there and be myself, and everybody's going to see the best Will Brooks. I'm going to get back to doing the things that I do best, and that's getting out there and winning, and that's flat out it. How I do it, I don't know. Whatever it comes about, it'll come about, and I'll get that W, and we'll just keep taking it one fight at a time, and I'll do whatever I need to do to, to push Professional Fighters League to the next level. For sure, man. One fight at a time all the way to that million dollars, brother. 
right, brother. Thank you very much for the time, man. Take care. Yeah, you as well. Uh, real quick, any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? Man, just want to give all praise and glory to my Jesus, my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And shout-out Everlast, who's been with me during all the wins, all the losses, to my wife, to my coaches, to American Top Team. we always killing it in every organization, no matter where we're at. We're just winning, and I'm just I'm, I'm just a blessed man, and thank you guys for the time. All right, you as well, my friend. Uh, hopefully we can catch up after a big win. Best of luck uh, next Thursday. All right, man, take care. You too, bud. Later. Now, as I mentioned, Will is definitely a favorite to win the tournament, and it's pretty cool to hear a level of excitement from a guy that's so talented to hear that he's reinvigorated and that flame has been reignited, and he's really looking forward to being a part of this historic undertaking that is the PFL. I'm sure he's going to go out there and do very well in this tournament. But speaking of reigniting the flame as an athlete and competitor, let's keep it moving to our final guest of the evening, tough alumni, UFC veteran, an all-around awesome human being, Ramsey Nijem. Ramsey makes his PFL debut this Thursday as well in Chicago against Brian Foster. First time having him on the show. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with him. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Ramsey Nijem. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show UFC veteran, tough alumni, and a man set to make his Professional Fighters League debut on June 21st in Chicago, Ramsey Nijem. What's going on, Ramsey? Where are you calling us from today, man? Uh, Salt Lake City right now. It's where I live. It's where I work uh, and train and everything. Uh, actually, down uh, like downtown Salt Lake area. Cool, man, cool. Now, listen, as I said, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. We're less than a week away from your PFL debut. How was training camp been, and how excited are you to get back in action? Dude, training camp's been better than I can imagine. It's been nice being able to, like, be my own energy, train, kind of focus what I've, I've been needing to improve on, which is always nice. And I'm so excited to get back in there. I've been It's been a long time since I fought, and I've just been training super hard, getting better every single day. I'm just excited to showcase what I've been working on. Yeah, you know, you hear a lot of guys talk about time away from the sport and how it's a blessing in disguise. It's beneficial on refocusing and working on the things you need to work on. I'm sure it was the same for you. It was. It was was actually the exact same thing. It was you kind of have some time to sit around and, like, not necessarily uh, be training to fight, but just training because it's fun. Like, going to the gym, meeting your friends, going to jiu-jitsu class, and just getting better all the time. And I think that's one of the aspects I was kind of missing at first and I've kind of rediscovered. Right, so almost like uh, falling in love with the sport again. Yeah, awesome. exactly. And that and that's really, you know, it, it's so funny you hear that because, like, people say that and you're kind of like, what do you mean fall in love with it again? But when you first start out at anything, it's like you're so obsessive and so in love with it and every day is just something new. Then you get to a point like 10 years in and you're like, well, this is kind of similar. But then you step away and you really learn to like, man, that is the funnest shit in the world is getting ready for a fight, having everyone like having the hype, getting in a ring and just being able to go out there and, you know, do what you like to do. Absolutely. And then the ups and downs on top of that, it it makes you appreciate uh, the highs as much as the lows, right? Yeah. And that's definitely every MMA career is like a roller coaster. But one of the things I've really learned a lot is, from such, you know, the roller coaster of my career that when I get back into like a regular life and, you know, working and teaching and, you know, doing everything that we normally do on a day to day, 
the little things aren't quite as important. You're like, yeah, whatever. Like if something goes wrong, you're like, yeah, at least I'm not getting my ass kicked or right. this or I, at least I don't got to lose 20 pounds in a week, you know, and it's like, it kind of puts everything in perspective. And that's what I've kind of told everyone. I'm like, martial arts is a, I believe a cure all for any disease and people can come in with PTSD, with whatever, with depression, anxiety, and they train and you train so much and you're in a jiu-jitsu class getting the crap beat out of you. And that's all you like care about. That's all you want to know is how can I get better? And then you go home and you focus on getting better in your personal life. And how do I have to get better in my personal life is by eating healthy, sleeping and doing all these steps. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it really makes me appreciate stepping away and just kind of seeing what martial arts has done for other people, like how it's changed their lives. People that will never fight a day in their life, but they just do it for the passion. For sure, man. And I think that the media fans, even fighters sometimes forget that, Yes, at the end of the day, this is a combat sport, and you are athletes, but martial arts is a way of life. Exactly, and it, it's been a way of life for me my whole life, and so it's like, <clears throat> that's the thing, is like when people ask me about fighting, I'm like, I haven't even thought twice about it, because I've been training like I've had a fight for the last couple of years either way, and that's basically what I'll do the rest of my life. My older brother, for example, I mean, he's he never fought MMA, but he, I mean, he trains every single day, he trains harder than some fighters I know, and he's really good but it's just the way of life in our family like we just love to train and we love to do martial arts and i just love to compete for sure man now speaking of competition you'll be making this debut against former world series of fighting title challenger brian foster uh he's fought a ton he's fought in a ton of promotions including the ufc definitely a tough guy give us your thoughts on brian and how you guys match up stylistically you know, I'm thankful that I have that matchup, to be honest. It's a great matchup. It's someone that everyone has heard of in the MMA community. Uh, he's fought a lot of the top guys in the world, you know, some of the best title holders, contenders, and all that. But I think it's a great it's a great uh, way to display what I've been working on. Go out and kind of, you know, perform to my best abilities. And he's never fought anyone like me, and I think that's going to be very apparent. And I'm going to really, you know, be able to push him in a, in a way that he's never been pushed. And to be honest... I think I'm going to be able to do that with most guys in the tournament at my weight class. And it's also a really good measuring stick for where you fit into this tournament, right? Yeah, I, I believe we're two of the top guys. So I think between me and Brian, we're going to see who's the number one real seed going into this tournament. You know, points are all going to be different because of some people get finishes sometimes and some people don't and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think people are going to know stylistically like who has the best chance to win the fight. And that's what I'm really excited about is just to kind of go out and just, you know, just go out and display whatever I'm doing. And, man, I, I love fighting. I've gotten better. You know, everyone always know, has known me for my wrestling and my, my punching and all that. But I've really been working on my jiu-jitsu. And, you know, I'm just confident in my abilities. Now, obviously, you can't look past Brian at all. But it sounds to me like, you know, given the tournament format, you have put some thought to who else might be the front runners to make it to the final at this point. Yeah, that's the exciting thing about this. It's like something completely new something completely different because yeah i mean i've always looked at one fight at a time because you know that's usually how you do it but this is kind of a unique situation and it's like okay i got a well i guess i've been on the ultimate fighter a couple times it was kind of a similar situation it's a tournament and you're like all right i gotta go out and fight healthy so what am i gonna do to not only win this fight but win it and get out of there and be feeling ready to fight again yeah yeah how much does that change game planning for you i mean like you just said you need to go in there, get the win, but you also need to come out healthy. Does that change game planning a lot for you or not really? Yeah, for sure. I think it definitely should change the game plan. And I think one of the biggest things 
that uh, the PFL is doing a great job is, is the bonus points, man. That changes everyone's game plan because it's not just go in and take someone down and try to hold them down for the three points because that might not be enough to get in the tournament. you got to go out and try to get bonus points. And there's guys out there getting first-round finishes, second, third-round finishes, and getting all these bonus points to get that seeding. So I really think that should – or it does at least affect my, you know, my mindset. And, uh, but I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still going to go out and do, I'm going to fight to my best ability. And that's, that's all I can do. And that's what I've been doing for a long time. Now, speaking of this point system, you know, give us your thoughts on that. At first for me, it was a little confusing. Uh, but after seeing the first event, it all makes sense to me now, but clearly they're trying to incentivize these athletes to go for the finish, right? Exactly. And I think the point system is like, I, I don't know. It's like a really fair, like, well, I'm watching the World Cup right now, and it reminds me of the World Cup. You got grouping, and then after your grouping, you get put, the top two guys in each group get put in a the tournament, and then it's single elimination, and that's who the winner of the World Cup is that year. And I think it's the same way they're doing here. You know, it's like, obviously, I think it'll get better as time goes. Like, every year, they'll probably get better and better and better. But I really, really think the format and the incentives of finishing early just kind of makes for exciting fights like that fight on thursday that pfl won it was exciting i thought all the fights were super interesting because you you can't look away like well what if someone gets a finish and bonus points and it really sucks you in to the fight more for sure for sure it changes the dynamic of everything and uh you know i was just talking to will brooks about this it's revolutionary to say the least you know this could really change the game do you believe that the pfl is is trying to accomplish here what they're trying to accomplish here could be the future of mixed martial arts yeah, I 100% believe in it, and that's actually a big reason why, you know, I decided to fight uh, with this organization is because I do believe in what they're doing. I think uh, a measurable format, because in my head, you know, I've watched sports my whole life, and so it's like whoever is the winner that year of whatever the playoffs is is the champion that year, and that's, you know, that's it. And then if you're an injured champion, you're obviously not the champion, or if you're not willing to defend your belt, you're not the champion. And so it's... There's no, it kind of takes away a lot of the politics of it, maybe, is right. what I'm looking for, or like the the whole, you know, like the, oh, well, if I go and tweet this and this and this, I'll get a title shot, right. but it just really makes it measurable, and I, I kind of liked it, because even the interviews afterwards, it was more genuine with the people, because they don't give a shit about trying to get Instagram followers, they just care about, you know, thanking their family and friends and getting ready to do the back, and same thing with most professional athletes, like, you watch a professional athlete, you know, after a basketball game, very rarely someone's going to grab the mic, and go, oh, I'm going to dominate and dunk on everybody out there, and <laughs> teach them a lesson, and blah, blah. I mean, it's entertaining, don't get me wrong, I love it too, but it's not everyone's personality. No, you make a great point there, you get to see a genuine side of who these athletes really are, and I think at the end of the day... I've said it on the show a ton of times, this sport is all about characters. And while there may be some promotion to that, obviously, you know, we we see the trend kind of going towards the WWE. At the end of the day, fans want to get to know you guys and learn about who you are and learn about the characters that make up this sport. Yeah, and honestly, for me, personally, what I... When I'm out there and I'm putting myself in the public eye, like I want to be a good example. Not only like a good example for my own students and my own school, because obviously that's really important to me. Like I represent myself and my school, my family, and all that. But I also want people to see, like, all right, this guy can be a tough fighter and still be open-minded about something like this, or you know, and like it's kind of interesting as you get to know. And I'm sure you've experienced this, like really good fighters are really nice guys because they don't have anything else to prove 
and a lot of people get thrown off by that. Like, they meet some fighter, they think he's going to be, you know, like, some WWE star walking in, kick a door down, and <laughs> do something crazy. And I walk in, hey, how's it going? And they're like, wow, you're really nice. And I was like, well, I have nothing to prove here. So it's like, I think that in that self is that PFL is going to allow us to show that characteristic and that side of the, you know, MMA world, which a lot of us don't know. And, you know, I explain that to a lot of people. And I'm like, my best friends are all fighters because not because I'm just there, but they're just the most honest, straightforward people I've ever met. Definitely. Definitely. And, and you know, when you guys are alpha males, like you are, there's really no room to be fake. You are all pretty genuine and you're comfortable in your own skin. So, you know, why put on a front to be something that you aren't? Um, yeah, and I, I've seen some people do that and it comes off as disgenuine and uncomfortable, you know? Right, right, for sure. Now, like we were just talking about, just the fact of taking out the politics of the matchmaking is very important. On top of that, it must be pretty cool to know that there's going to be an off season for you guys to recover work on improving in the gym and not have to stress about your next paycheck. Dude, that is honestly one of the things I'm most excited about because I don't know, like when you live a fight life, it's like, when's my next fight? You know? And it's like, you, I've gone on vacation before cause I didn't have anything scheduled and all of a sudden get a call that I have a fight and I'm like, Oh damn, my vacation got ruined, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's like kind of been that, uh, or it's like, trying to plan something out with you know somebody and you're like okay well when can we do this like well i don't know anything three months ahead of time i might have a fight and they're like what you can't plan out a vacation a year ahead or a trip or a business so i think it really kind of gives us ability to structure our lives and that's what i'm really thankful for it's it's more like let's see the sport let's see actual martial arts let's see who can be the best fighter and let's let these fighters and let them be you know like livable lives like go and have a off season and have an on season just like every other sport they've ever seen play right and i think that's that's going to be like it's an enticing thing at least for me like i really like the idea that i know no matter what i can't fight in my off season and then i'll start fighting in the season for sure for sure now obviously we've talked about a lot of things that that have played into your decision to sign with the pfl i'm sure you had plenty of offers from other organizations but was it more the chance of winning a million dollars of the deciding factor or what we were talking about, you know, the opportunity to be a part of something new and exciting for the sport? You know, like I said before, I mean, obviously the money winning, it would be a huge blessing in my life and I'd be super grateful for it. But I really believe it's more of like the change of the sport. You know, I'm, I'm uh, starting to hit my peak and I'm starting to hit my prime, you know, and I'm like looking at the sport just kind of like as a whole and it's given me so much in my life. And I'm like, well, this is something I feel like I can give back to it. Like being part of something new and exciting like this is going to be, I think it's going to be huge. Like I really like everyone that works for the PFL is super smart. They're all like, uh, like whoever's in whatever business position studied that in school and has some masters, you know what I mean? So it's like highly professional and they're super respectful of the fighters. And it's just super exciting because I want to be able to lay down groundwork for this sport to keep on growing. And I, I really believe this is kind of what we need in our sport is like a, a solid way for people to be able to follow it, to have fans that follow it, to have a scoring guide. I mean, you look at NASCAR and their, their ability to bring in fans year after year, it's because they have the whole recipe. It's not just like, Hey, let's see what the hell happens. It's like, all right, they have to win this race, this race. And I know NASCAR fans that can't miss a race because of the point system. They have to score for the end of the year. Right. 
Right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, not to mention you've got NBC on board with this. You've got great minds like Ray Cepho. I mean, just his history in combat sports, even with the World Series of Fighting, I'd always said that having a guy like that at the helm who has been there and done it is a huge, huge uh, uh, upside for anybody joining the league. You've got Randy Couture on board. He's been a big advocate for fighters and, and uh, the rights that you guys should have as athletes in this sport. So I agree with you, man. Boss Rune. Yeah, I mean, Boss Rune for sure, man people in the MMA world ever. Yeah. <laughs> like I could watch hours and hours of Boss Rudin on YouTube. Right. I think any anybody who loves this sport has, that's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> we have. And so I mean that's the thing is like our president's very safe and you know when uh he calls me personally and we've had talks and you know it's like when things have you know not gone he's like yeah, it's just more understanding when he's he's like I know how this feels I've been here and I've done this I've been in this tournament I've been in this tournament won this world title so you're kind of like okay who's right 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 absolutely I mean there's there's something to be said about a guy who has walked the walk that that you guys are in now so I agree yeah, with and you, I've man. actually been a huge fan of Ray Safo since I was young so like to even be able to fight for him to me is like kind of a cool ass like experience because i'm like dude i remember watching ray safo k1 days and of course everyone knows the mark hunt ray safo fights like oh legendary legendary yeah yeah legendary. those are every fighter's dream you know yeah yeah he was a bad mama jamma it kind of kind of bummed me out that he decided to retire i mean obviously he's He's getting up there in age, but I always thought to myself, maybe, just maybe, we'd see him jump in his own organization. Clearly, there'd be a conflict of interest there, but I was hoping, holding out a little bit of hope for that. Yeah, me too, man. I was too, because I see him sparring all the time, putting things, and so it's super exciting, you know, and it's, and that's like another thing, man. It's like he's out there training with some guys, and he trains every day, so it's just kind of like, it feels like fighters putting it on a lot more, and we're just kind of saying, all right, let's see who the best fighter is. And we have an organized system to do it, and we'll know at the end of the year. Like, and that's the thing is, like, people are like, "Well, if you get injured in the tournament, obviously you're not the best fighter that year because you got injured." Just like LeBron gets hurt, so like he doesn't get to go play basketball, and it's not like, well, you know, he'll remain the world champion until he comes back. No, no, you're absolutely right, man. And you know, everything that we're talking about here goes. It lends itself to the fact that. This has the opportunity to really change the game. And, you know, after this first season is completed, we have several millionaires made as a result. It's safe to say that we're going to see more free agents uh, going to join the Professional Fighters League, right? Oh, I believe. And I have a feeling, too, next year they'll probably do a longer season, more fighters per weight class. You know what I mean? Like, kind of do everything a little bit better because it's how not. Like, how can you do something twice and not do it better, you know? And that's what I'm super excited, and I think you'll see a lot of fighters being like, hey, that dude, well, that guy's getting paid what I'm getting paid in the regular season, and then in his playoffs, he's making uber money. Like, of course I want to go join that. Right. You know, right. like, that sounds like that sounds like a no-brainer to me, but I don't know. Everyone's different. For sure. It's, it's going to be a work in progress, without a doubt. Yeah. And, uh... It was, a no, it was a pretty no-brainer for me, to be honest. Like, I was... I was definitely excited. And I honestly was at a point where... I was looking right back to get back into it. I was like, okay, I've been training for a couple of years. I've gotten better. I'm, I just hit 30. So I'm feeling like stronger than I did when I was in my 20s. And I'm like, man, I want to get out there and, you know, like show this, like show all this work and do it and like experience all this. And so to get the call at that time was just like, 
weird how the universe all kind of lines up. Yeah, like, definitely, man. Definitely. And, you know, the other beautiful thing about the, the season format is that there's not an oversaturation of fights for you guys. Yeah, that's really nice, to be honest. And it's like, you're not... Yeah, it's like people can have the off season. Like, man, I can't wait to see those next year. And, you know, hey, what are you gonna do next? Year? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. kind of. I think it's gonna be cool because I think time away. You know the what the saying like the heart grows stronger. With grows fonder, yeah, yeah, or something along those lines, right? Yeah. No, I agree with so you, I, man. I think that'll actually be really interesting to see what the off season does, and like I think that's a great time to build hype. I mean, every day I watch a new fight on facebook or youtube or whatever you know and so i think in the off season as long as they keep putting that content out people are going to be keep on watching it right the, the building of the anticipation is very important so yeah Not... just like i've been waiting four years for the world cup right right <laughs> now listen changing gears here for a moment man i wanted to talk to you about the work that you're doing as a humanitarian uh you're advo- you're advocating for refugees correct C- can you educate us a bit more on that and what you're trying to accomplish um, well, to be honest, I have, like, my dad's a refugee, so, like, it's definitely something near and dear to my heart. You know, he's a Palestinian refugee, came to the States, and luckily I'm born here, and uh, I'm an American citizen, but I just basically been working with a Be Human. It's a fun app. It's a cool app where you get online. I'm on there all the time, and it's just an app where you're only allowed to share things that you're doing positive for other people, and so it's like... You know, I went and helped this person. I got a good workout in. I ate healthy. Whatever it is positive in your day. None of this like, hey, I'm the rant and rave about the president or whatever shit. And so it's like a real positive platform. And then with them, we were saying, hey, let's do, if we get a lot of people to download, let's start bringing refugees into my fight, like refugees in Chicago, which there's thousands of thousands there, and especially youth, because, you know, it's these kids don't really have a choice. They're just brought over to a place and they're saying, hey, here, this is a new, new home. So I definitely want to reach out to those and uh, give them an opportunity to come watch my fights, uh, give them an opportunity to train, maybe do some seminars with them. I just really like to give back to the sport that's given a lot to me. And like I said earlier in the beginning, I understand what martial arts can do for people physically, mentally, and emotionally, spiritually, all of those. And so that's why I'm a big advocate. Like, all right, let's get these refugee kids into MMA, get them training, and it's going to help everything else out in life. I think it'll help them with whatever they've been through, uh, you know, help them learn English, help them build a community of people that they know, like, you know, like on the mat, everyone's the same. It doesn't matter if you have a doctorate degree in something or you're just a homeless dude off the street. We're all the same on the mat, and I think that's a really powerful thing if I can bring these kids with some of these people and just kind of bring everyone together, kind of help everyone just kind of heal a little bit. For sure, man. And, you know, to, to build confidence in a place that's so incredibly foreign to a kid, what better way to do so than with, with, with martial arts, right? Exactly. You know, and I, I've heard stories, you know, obviously kids are sometimes mean and they get bullied and stuff like that when they don't speak English or if they're like, especially, I mean, nowadays, like if they're a Middle Eastern descent, I'm sure they have stuff they have to deal with. But I think just training and learning how to defend yourself gives you that kind of confidence where you're able to stand up to yourself and say, no, don't say, talk to me like that. And you're, you've literally been sparring with grown-ass adults when you're 14. So you're like, this little high school kid doesn't scare you. You're like, I just sparred <laughs> some dude who gets uh, yelled at work all day and he came in trying to take my head off. So what's a 16-year-old, 16-year-old going to do to me? So I, th- I think it's super important. 
and like I said, man, I'm blessed. I have a blessed life. I live in a blessed country. I have everything that I could ever ask for, everything I've ever wanted. So why not give back and try to help other people achieve those? For sure, for sure. And, you know, considering the world we currently live in, you know, so much hate from all sides on any issue, it makes all the more importance to talk about these kinds of things. Do you feel like you've been able to make some notable progress so far with with, with this uh, endeavor? Yeah, actually, it's been super, like, way more powerful than I could even imagine. It just started as something small, I thought, and it's been growing and growing and growing and growing and that's so cool because it just shows what people really want in their true heart they really want to help kids they want to help people people really want to help people but it's like our fear that we let take over us like oh well if they come over here they're gonna do this this and that take our job kill us or whatever but in reality it's like danger is always around us like you could die on the freeway today you know driving to work so we're gonna use that hate towards someone else or we can all just kind of build together and kind of come together as communities and I and I think me being like half Palestinian my mom's from Spain American so I've kind of always been in the little bit of both worlds and kind of been able to experience that and see kind of like the bubbles that people live in like I would go to one religion and see something they say here and another one they see something there but really, at the end of the day, it's just a matter about being good people and being a good person and helping one another. Right, right. You have a lot more perspective than a lot of people would. Yeah, and I really believe it's it really was. Like, I would go to mosque one day, and I'd go to my mom's Mormon, and I'd go to Mormon church the other day. Then I'd my, mom, my grandma's Catholic, and I'd go to Catholic church. So I was like, right. huh. So I got a lot of perspective, but then I realized that everyone's the same. Like, we're all the same people at the end of the day. They always want to take care of their family, be comfortable, and you know, laugh. That's all people want. It doesn't matter. It's just some people let fear infect them worse than others. Yeah. You know, this reminds me of the, the banner that Genki Sudo used to hold up that, that we are all one, right? Exactly. And I love that. That's actually one of my favorite things ever. You know, like you'd hold that up and he's a badass, And so no one could argue with him and say, yep, we are all one. Yes, sir. <laughs> right. <laughs> so has the PFL shown interest in this cause? Will they be getting behind it as well? Oh yeah, it's actually that's the one of the biggest supporters has been PFL. They gave me tickets, free tickets for uh, the refugee kids that all come to the fights. They've like helped me promote it. They've actually given me more tickets than I even asked for. Uh, they anything else they they send me emails. Hey, any way we can help, let us know. So it's been super cool to have such a support system from the promotion because really at the end of the day, I mean like us working together is what is what kind of what I think the PFL is trying to do. And I've really experienced that. And that these are things I've always wanted to do. And I've always worked for myself, but I've, you know, I've only had my own voice, but now when you have voices of other people and more people, it kind of builds that momentum. And that's what I'm super grateful for. And, and honestly, right after that happened, like I was already excited to fight for PFL. And then they started supporting me, helping me with this. And then I was like, hell yeah, dude, I'm even more excited now. Right, right. Even more on board. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Well, I got to say, man, I cannot commend you enough for taking the initiative, using the platform that you have to try to create some change. It's truly, truly inspirational, my friend. What can all the listeners do to, to support you in your efforts? Well, I appreciate it, man. And I appreciate you having me on this radio because this gives me my voice and it gives us all an opportunity to express ourselves. And then, you know, I just like to, if everyone wants to get on board, download the Be Human app. Uh, follow me on Instagram at RamseyNijim.com. Um, you know, just follow me there. And I'm always doing something else. Like, after this one, I'll probably try to find something else to do and 
just kind of jump in and support what you can or what you believe in. And if you don't like something, just ignore that one. If you like something else, join in on that one because we're all different, you know? For sure, man, for sure. Listen, I wasn't wrapping it up just yet, but you have more been more than generous with your time. Just a couple more questions here for you. Oh, no worries, man. Getting, Getting back, back to June 21st, give us your prediction for the fight. Tell us all how you visualize it playing out. Um, I really believe I'm going to get that first round finish. I've been visualizing that, and that's definitely, I think, uh, what I'm what I'm going to do out there. I really believe in my abilities, and uh, you know, if it doesn't end in the first round, I'll just keep going, try to find the end in the second, third. And if not, if you try to end it all three rounds, you usually win the fight. That that is the damn truth, man. And uh, in conclusion, tell all the fans out there why this is one that they don't want to miss. Uh, I'm fighting, you know, every time I get out there, you know, I fight with 100% of my heart. And uh, it's always been an exciting fight. I mean, you can't go back and watch one of my fights and be like, hey, I'm bored. They're all on the edge of your seat. Uh, I've been told by different promoters and different people I've fought for that they're like, that's where I was getting paid. It's because I was the, the, I forget what they use the term, but basically when people are at a party, they all want to sit down and watch because they know I'm going to either get I'm going to go out for the kill, period, and that's it. And so uh, make sure you're out, tune in, and you'll see me going for that kill. All right, again, man, thank you very much for the time today, Ramsey. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Hopefully we can catch up again soon. Uh, Any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? Yeah, I'll give a shout-out to Temple MMA. That's where I've been training and working. and So I really appreciate all that they've done. Uh, Clinch Gear, they've sponsored me this uh, tournament. And then uh, Star Method. My little brother just expanded his gym in Walnut Creek, so check him out, and uh, I think you'll really like what you see. All right, cool. Uh, best of luck next week, man. I hope you have a great night, and, and again, hopefully we can catch up after a big win. All right, we will. All right, All right brother. Man. You have a good night. All right. Later, man. I would seriously encourage all of you to really go out there and support Ramsey's cause. Very cool stuff from him. Again, first time having him on the show. Awesome conversation. Can't thank the guy enough. He truly is a gem in this sport. Like I said earlier, my apologize for the episode coming out a little late. But nonetheless, there you have it. Episode 85 wrapped up. Make sure you guys follow us on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram. Set up notifications and alerts. Get the breaking news as it breaks. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Everything you crave from the sport you love in mixed martial arts. We have got you covered, guys. Greatly appreciate you guys taking the time to listen in. We'll be back again soon with another episode. On behalf of everybody at Team Penn, mahalo everybody. Till next time, peace out.